Hey there, sports fan. Welcome to the Draft Site Podcast, your home for all professional sports drafts. Brought to you by DraftSite.com, the original full round mock draft site. Now let's get to the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another fantastic and exciting edition of the podcast here at DraftSite.com. It's draft week, buddy. I'm joined, of course, by uh, my buddy Andrade, as always, and it is draft week. We are about, uh, about 72 hours away. Yeah, we're getting there. All right. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to run into a couple who's hot, who's not, who's moving up, maybe up the board, moving down, maybe some of the big draft stories that you're kind of waiting to play out. And then we'll kind of go in and compare one-round mocks and call it a call it a day, and then we'll probably do a wrap-up show or something after after draft uh, is complete. We'll, we'll see what the – post first round is going to look like so let's just jump right in if i were to say to you buddy what is i just say nfl draft right now first thing that pops in your mind first thing it could be the hottest story just something that you're thinking of i say nfl draft to you what pops into your head what's going on with the raiders that they sent all their scouts home they're interested in murray they're interested in everybody and it just seems like scouts who were let go are leaking a lot of information. Uh, I've seen in the last hour that they were interested in Ed Oliver also. That's someone I had mocked to them for a long time at four. Just seems like a, a Gruden-type player. But I can't remember a move like this where essentially Mike Mayock and John Gruden are there uh, with tumbleweeds blowing through the facility. It's unlike anything I've ever heard of. Yeah, no, usually you end up firing the group after a new GM comes in. He brings in his guys, but to dismiss them a week before the draft, send them home, and probably not to come back, something happened. Yeah, and especially with all the picks, of course, Raiders with three in the first round, another one at the top of round two, essentially four picks within the top 35. So Oakland really has a chance to – Make a dent here. Do you see any deals as far as Oakland? Are you getting a feel for maybe they'll move up or down? Or with what's going on, this could be anybody's guess at this point. I think they're moving up. And going into Friday, I had them going up for Joey Bosa to get that edge player impact defensive end uh, going up to two from four with a few other picks, which we'll discuss with the mock. But, yeah, I think they're I moving up either for Bosa or Kyler Murray. If they move up to two, what do you think it takes? What do you think this compensation package would take uh, for a team like San Francisco, who's at number two currently? What would it take to entice them to move down to four? I got four, 24, and 106 for number two and 176. And it equals out pretty good on the value chart. I was going to say, that sounds like it's value chart tested and approved. Now, do you think this is more about the Raiders? Of course, they really want to make that splash, losing Khalil Mack. But if you're the Niners at four, who do you think the Niners really have their eye on? Are they just thinking, well, why not make this move? Who we really want is going to be available at four. Who do you think the Niners have their eye on at this point? I truly believe it's Quinn and Williams at this point in time. Um, but if Williams goes three, I don't think they'd be upset if they ended up with Josh Allen. 
uh, a guy that could play at basically linebacker and defensive end. And, uh, yeah, I I don't think they'll be disappointed either way. Yeah, that does seem like a what could be a losing scenario for the, for the 49ers trading down. Really doesn't sound like there would be one. Any other teams you're getting a feel for at this moment could be either moving up or moving down. And anyone you kind of got a kind of got a gut feeling about. Uh, at this point in time, I think Detroit's a team at eight, and I think that's going to be the Hawkinson sweepstakes to get ahead of the Bills, Denver. Uh, I think it's the Hawkinson sweepstakes. Even even since he could have some interest. As much as I don't think they will draft a tight end, they could have interest. Yeah, I think they're they're bound to take a tight end at some point in this draft. I don't think it's targeted in round one. I still think I'm glad you bring up Cincy because they were a team that's quiet, but it's really kind of turned the corner now. I really think that uh, these teams that we hear about clamoring for a quarterback, Zach Taylor and that regime, I really think that there's a good possibility that the that the Bengals are are looking at moving up. Is is this going to be a Daniel Jones? Is this going to be a Drew Locke type situation? Maybe even Dwayne Haskins. I just think that uh, it's a new regime after, I believe it was 16 years that Marvin Lewis was in Cincinnati. I, I think they want to put the stamp on this, make this uh, a kind of a draft for the new regime. And I think a quarterback is not out of the question. I think Cincinnati's on the way up. And for them to get to five, because that's what I had in my, them going up to five is 11 and 42 for five and 145. So they could get into the top five to be able to draft the quarterback. They'd be able to get ahead of the Giants. All right. Now, any teams you think are on the way down? Outside of Detroit, um, I think the Broncos might be if the quarterbacks had gone early. They can trade down a little bit and probably get a similar uh, three-technique defensive tackle. Stole my thunder there. That's exactly the team that I've got the, the inkling for. I also think even Miami, so much has been made of are they after a quarterback, and there's a lot of people, myself included, who thinks maybe there's, they're setting this up not as a tank year, but maybe setting themselves up to get a quarterback in next year's draft, uh, that maybe they go in a different direction, and maybe just acquiring some other picks, some other pieces that maybe they put in the kind of season for that quarterback. I think with, with all the attention to Miami, that could be a team that I think was ultimately on the way down and trying to get a little more bang for their buck or a little more value. Yeah, and they can put pieces together for next year. Uh, when that class, there should be about four or five good quarterbacks, probably in the first round next year. And they'd be able to uh, make a play for one of those guys. All right, well, we're going to jump right in this. We're going to compare first-round mocks, and, and again, a lot of stuff can change in the next 72 hours. But how we have it playing right now, at this point, uh, we'll, we'll alternate here. Or, or I'll, I'll lead off with the NFC. You can lead off with the AFC. So uh, I've got the okay. NFC at uh, one. I've got Kyler Murray there. What's the likelihood, if you had to say between 1% and 100%, that Kyler Murray is a Cardinal at the end of this draft? Uh, about 75%. Okay, a little, little on the lower side. I'm thinking more about 90, but, hey, anything is possible. So I got Murray there, too. 
I think it's Bosa to the 49ers. Again, if they stay put, I think your scenario holds a lot of water. Uh, so I'll turn it over to you if you want to do trades or uh, if you think they stay put, I'll, I'll let it up to you. Uh, that is where I have to trade Oakland and San Francisco. Uh, Oakland going up and getting Joey Bosa from Ohio State, and it was the uh, 424 and 106 for number two and 176. So uh, we see uh, San Francisco gain some draft picks, drop two spots, and probably get the same guy that they would have gotten. And I think it really works out because in the scenario, I think Quinn Williams is available at four because are you like me? Do you have the Jets in love with Josh Allen at this point? I do. They're trying to hide it. And they tried saying today that it's not necessarily a done deal that it's him, which tells me that it's Josh Allen. Agreed. So obviously at four, you've got Quinn and Williams, I would assume, slipping to the uh, to the Raiders. And it's really interesting yeah, because I, I really think that this could be Ed Oliver and maybe Williams – Kind of survive goes at five to the Bucks. I think maybe the Bucks are looking for Williams or possibly even uh, Devin White. That uh, maybe they go the, the linebacker route, uh, and that White's available at five. But ultimately, I'm, I'm feeling more and more if the Raiders stay put, I really, I really think Ed Oliver is a fit there in Oakland, and that uh, Williams goes to the to the Buccaneers. Yeah, well, we saw Gruden have a similar player in Warren Sapp that three defensive tackle technique and a guy who penetrates and win, wins with speed and not, you know, not the biggest guy, but uh, can win with speed. And I can see them enjoying a guy like that in that system. Buccaneers at five. What are you feeling? Uh, the Bucks. I had them trading out of that pick actually. Right. That's right. Uh, where you've got Who Cincinnati. Do you, I got Cincinnati, and I had them coming up for Devin White to get ahead of the Giants. Wow. Uh, I think they need the linebacker. They got the front four. So you're not buying the uh, Dwayne Haskins hype at this point? No, no, I'm not buying it. No, as much sense as it makes for ticket sales to have the Ohio State guy in, in Ohio. I'm just I'm just not buying the hype right now. All right, and you feel the Giants, same thing. Giants are after really more for getting a front set? Or or you think that they're really uh Haskins is you think they're kinda of sending off a signal? Maybe that is there something that's kind of leading you to believe that maybe Devin White is a target if it's not Haskins? Yeah, I, I I just think it's always been a position of need for them, and I just I don't know what it is. It's a feel that they're going to be trying to get wider Bush, and they're going to end up with Devin Bush at six as their linebacker, and he'd be good for that division, especially with a guy like Zach Ertz, where he has some coverage ability, can drop into the zone, has lined up in the slot. Uh, can defend against the run and can rush the passer. Devin Bush is kind of a Swiss Army knife and a good guy to have in a defense like that. All right, well, at seven, Jacksonville. 
what, what are you uh, what are you buying with uh, Jacksonville at this point? Uh, I I truly believe it's Noah Fant, and wow. because of Foles, DiFilippo, the whole reason he is the Jaguars' Zach Ertz and allows D.D. Westbrook and the rest of the outside receiver crew to uh, be more dynamic and open outside the numbers for those guys. Now, do you feel this is more of a fit for them or that, that Detroit's going to be, you know, in the market for a tight end as well? Do you think it's more I, pressed because of who's picking around them or it's just a big need that's going to shock some people? I think it's a big need that's going to shock some people in a system fit. I think that's what it comes down to is they had a lot of success with Zach Ertz in Philadelphia. You saw it yourself with Filippo and Foles throwing at Ertz. And I just think a guy like Fant has a similar skill set and is a type of guy who can be somebody to fit right into that offense. But he's being bold, people. We like it. I still think the uh, trying to get a tackle here, it's something in Jacksonville. They, there's just been a lot of shuffling on the line, getting uh, someone to put along the, the front of that line for Nick Foles. It makes a lot of sense. I don't think Jawan Taylor is the best person out there, but it just seems to be a person that, that they seem to be in love with. But I would say of the teams that are in the top ten, to me Jacksonville has done the best job, if I look it over, as far as, masking their pick and really kind of leaving my head scratching as far as where they're going at this point. I think Jacksonville is the biggest mystery of the top 10. Yeah, so I'd agree to, with that. I, I'll go to Detroit at eight and I will think that it's really not a tight end here. Um, I'm saying Montez sweat. I think that he kind of fits. They, they did get a, a pass rusher, obviously uh, with Trey flowers, but I think someone to pair with him. I think they really you look over the last 10 years, the two or three good seasons that Detroit has had in that division, it's always been with a strong pass rushing presence. And I feel Detroit feels like they got to get back to that. No, I can, I can totally agree with that, putting him opposite in those long arms and just hopefully the medicals came back good with Detroit on him. I know there's cardiac concern with a lot of teams. He's off some boards. So, I'm curious where he stands with the Lions and being on their board. Buffalo at nine. What's your hunch here? I think they're going to go offensive line. And I believe it's going to be Cody Ford who can play guard or tackle for them. Probably start out as the right tackle and uh, be a day one starter and play that physical brand that uh, Sean McDermott's brought to Buffalo. We have the same thinking. I just have Jonah Williams. I just have a different player. But thinking along the same lines, of course, Kyle Williams gone after so many years. Uh, what a stabilizing presence he was. One of the probably, uh, aside from LaShawn McCoy, he's probably been the most consistent player on the offensive side of the ball over the last 10 years there in Buffalo. So uh, going there is, is no surprise. Now Denver at 10, if they don't move, do we still think this is the Drew Locke love affair? I think it's a possibility. I, I, at least he isn't six eight like everybody else they've drafted. Maybe it's Tyree Jackson, and we just don't know it. And I say that kiddingly. 
with drafting Paxton Lynch and and Brock Osweiler. He he needs the uh, the power forward behind center. He does. But uh, no, it, another look could be defensive tackle and somebody who's going to free up those edge rushers. I just think that would be a good fit, and it's a it's a need at this point in time, especially for the future, because guys like Derek Wolf say, aren't going to be around too much longer. Because I would say if it's not true, Lock Christian Wilkins really is is kind of my second pick there. Uh, I definitely see that happening. I've got Daniel yep, Jones who, in Cincinnati, and obviously you had him moving up. We're thinking the same thing that they're going after a quarterback. Yeah, no, then if they're up at five, they could get Haskins or or Daniel Jones. But uh, sitting at 11, uh, they also probably looking to get a tackle. Uh, nope, I'm sorry, I had Tampa Bay grabbing a tackle. Scratch that for me, please. And, gotcha. Yes, no, and I was looking linebacker for uh for Cincinnati but quarterback is an option. Uh, you 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 make a great point with Zach Taylor putting his uh his stamp on things coming from the uh Kyle Shanahan tree. Now Green Bay at 12. This is where I had Hawkinson. You got him going a little bit uh, earlier. Now if if the the vibe is out there. Now Green Bay remember they've got two first round picks or 12 and 30. Is Green Bay a team mm-hmm. that needs a tight end that bad that they make the jump if they start to feel threatened? Uh, they they definitely could, and that could appease Rodgers. And a lot last year was ruined uh, when Delaney Walker got hurt by the Titans uh, in the system for the new coach because he was going to feature Delaney Walker and threw a lot to Johnny Smith. So that new uh, system in Green Bay – was going to be tight and heavy, so it wouldn't surprise me. Now, I, I think that, that definitely there's a need there, but at the same time, I don't think it necessarily has to be Hawkinson. I think if he's off the board, I, I think they're okay. And, and not only staying at 12, but then you can see Green Bay move back, even with two first-round picks. I think the focus would be more on the secondary. And with, At 12, it's very likely that we don't see a corner off the board yet. Neither of us have a, a corner coming off the board. Just because they have two first-round picks doesn't mean they're going to move up. I think if Hawkinson's gone, they got enough. Uh, they picked up some pass rush help. I think there's a good possibility they move back a little bit, maybe get that first uh, corner. But I really think that there's a few safeties they really want as well, and they can really move back and still get a good safety. So I think Green Bay, they're one of the teams that I could see them moving either way and it's going to depend on what's going on in front of them. No, that that is very sensible. That does make a lot of sense, and uh, exactly the needs. We saw that they signed a few outside edge people for the 3-4. So curious where they would go from there. Another guy to yeah, maybe I, think about is Dexter Lawrence being a big yeah. run stuffer and uh, playing the nose for them. I don't know. Has is, is there been a guy that's been yo-yoing in the first round more than Dexter Lawrence? He's up. He's down. He's up. To me, he is this year's yo-yo of the first round. Yes, that is that is a great call. You don't know exactly where he's going. So at 13, and again, I think Green Bay's still going to go pass rusher. I just don't necessarily think they do it in the first round now. But I think it's going to be somewhere, maybe day two, they're going to take someone else. 
Miami, again, I think they avoid kind of that quarterback uh, look. And I think if they stay where they're at and just because he falls to them, I think Clellan Farrell is a good fit here, get some pass rush help up front. And Clellan Farrell at 13 is just tremendous value. That's exactly who I have going to Miami at that pick. And at 14, I think he's available on both our boards and a player I, I know we both like. I have Christian Wilkins going to Atlanta. Again, Atlanta and Denver seem to be the two teams up top that really, really like him a lot. I, I have Atlanta taking Christian Wilkins. No, oh, and that is a smart play and put him right by Grady Jarrett and uh, try to make some noise from the inside as pass rushers. No. Uh, you do that, you get Grady Jarrett, Vic Beasley, and Christian Wilkins. It's starting to look like a Clemson alumni game. Uh, maybe they can face yes. off against the Redskins. You get old school Clemson against uh, Alabama. So we'll see if yep. they're on the uh, each other's schedule next year. Season five. Because that, that, that brings us right to the uh, Falcons at 14. I, I'm sorry, uh, Washington at 15. This is where I DK Metcalf. I think he could drop back even further. Uh, but I think Washington, they're so depleted at the quarterback spot. This, of course, is me still thinking that Josh Rosen has a shot to end up in Washington. It's a place where I kind of called him for a long time and just needing some targets. They were just so beat up at, at the skill, not just at wide receiver, just all the skill positions on offense. Uh, the Redskins just need an overhaul to me. On that, that, that I'll, To me, I think, and also I think if you were to ask me who is the coach on the hot seat, as soon as the season begins, I really think it's Jay Gruden. I think he has to win pronto, or he, to me, could be the guy that we see fired first during the season. Yeah, no, he, he'd he probably be one of the favorites for that spot to be fired. Him and Dan Quinn in Atlanta is the other guy who I've put on that list as far as being the guy to worry about getting fired if things don't start off right, especially when – He'll have a health, hopefully a healthy, healthy roster coming back. But at 15, I want Marquise Brown. I think they go for the big play, take the top off the defense guy for Case Keenum and whoever the other quarterback in and is. And I do have here speed to burn for Rosen, just my guess. Also, it could be a little bit of a block because we've heard two teams are a little higher on uh, Brown right now seem to be the Giants and the Eagles. So not only filling a need there, but kind of blocking a couple teams in division. Mm-hmm. Like it's very NFC heavy right now, and then you kind of get more of the call uh, after this. Because this is uh, Carolina at 16. This is why Rashawn Gary, I think they really need to retool on both sides of the line. Uh, I think Rashawn Gary falling to 16, I think that's a, that's a dream scenario for Carolina at this point. At 16, I had Montez Sweat falling to this point, and I, my notes are, I think a top-five talent slides because of medicals. Uh, we saw what it did last year for uh, Maurice Hurst. I mean, he slid all the way to the fifth round. Um, I think had a, had a pretty good rookie campaign, too. Yeah. So, again, this is going to come down to the medicals and how comfortable a doctor is putting a stamp on a player. Well, at 17, we have another NFC team and a, a player that I think both of us are not really enamored with, but speed kills off the edge. They got an extra pick to play with. Everything stays put. This is where I have Brian Burns. I think he's overvalued. But if there's any team to take a shot on him, 
Uh, I think the Giants are, are a good place for him to wind up. No, that does that does fit. And you got Allen going to the Jets and him going to the Giants. He's the speed edge rushers. Although I would take Allen ten times out of ten out of the two, but. <laughs> 18, we've got another NFC team. We've got Minnesota. Um, this is where I actually have Taylor falling, Jawan Taylor. Uh, I, I think offensive line, they, they, they seem to do pretty well with uh, O'Neal out of uh, Pitt last year, but uh, there's really some retooling along the line, especially protecting that investment. There's just been so much talk about, you know, we thought that the questions were going to be answered on Kirk Cousins. I think they're louder than ever before after the way they faded down the stretch. I think they want to give him as much protection up front as possible and just try and quite calm those detractors and see what he can really bring to the table. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, this is where I might go Dalton Reisner if I'm going to go line, just somebody to play more of the interior. I think between O'Neal and the left tackle, they have that covered. I just think Reisner could come in and play multiple spots if need be because they really don't have a lot of versatility. Uh, you know, O'Neal is pretty much stapled at right tackle, and their guards really don't move around much. They're either a left guard or a right guard. So I think a guy like Rizner like would uh, make sense. I, I think this is another team that could potentially move back the, with their needs. And if they do target a player like that, I think moving back uh, makes a lot of sense. So we're, yep, we're up no, to a couple like, teams there. I'll turn it over to you for Tennessee at 19. What are you feeling? Well, I have them trading down and ultimately grabbing Herb Smith tight end. So who do you have moving into the 19 spot? So the 19 spot, sorry, my computer screen went blank. That's why I went blank. Damn, we <laughs> depend on these things. I got your Eagles coming up to get ahead of the Steelers to grab Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Oh wow! Yep, for safety and safety help, a chess piece. Just read something last week that this was the guy that they're really interested in. So I kind of looked at the mock and said they need to get ahead of the Steelers because that could be a need for the Steelers also. Absolutely. So this, is where in, I had in, this is this is where I had Cody Ford, and I know you had him off the board already. No, that would be a good fit too replacing Spain at guard there. That would why would he fit in with that group? Well this is the Steelers and it looks like you have them looking secondary, so if uh their players taken at nineteen, where do you have the Steelers going at twenty? Not after Chauncey Gardner Johnson wasn't there. They've made signings at corner. I think they can grab a safety in the second round. I went with Mac Wilson inside linebacker Alabama. And I think that fills a hole since the Shazier injury. Uh, just that 3-4 inside backer who can run those blitzes that they run and come up and stuff the run. I think Greedy's still a good possibility here. Uh, but this is actually where I have Devin Bush. Um, I didn't have him off the board yet, so same thinking. They always seem to be grabbing a linebacker. It's a little more inside versus outside. They seem to go a little more outside than anything, but I'm thinking the linebacker position. Good call. Good call. So we'll go to 21 with Seattle. 
They always seem to ignore the lines here. So I've got them going A.J. Brown, uh, especially after giving all that money to Russell Wilson. You want to keep him happy. You want to kind of uh, retool the, some of the, the toys that he has to play with. And, and a lot of the talk is that's kind of some of the thinking and why he's a little excited and wanting to get this contract done, that it was not really a demand, but it was more a stipulation from uh, Russell himself saying, I need a little more. You know, we, we've retooled the running game that we saw with Chris Carson and, and Penny, what they were able to do there last year. I think he still wants a, a few more weapons, so I, I think that's that's kind of a, a condition is getting him some wide receiver help. So I've got A.J. Brown there. All right, I have them trading down, and the only reason why, I, I, I think they're the most likely team to trade down or out of the first round because they only have four picks. So I have them trading down with Kansas City for three picks in Kansas City coming up and grabbing Grady Williams uh, to play corner. Great pick. I mean, I think that uh, Greedy Williams and Byron Murphy are a couple uh, players that Kansas City ultimately has their their eye on. I think if Kansas City would move up there, if he's still on the board, the only other person I could see fitting in there, how do you see Dexter Lawrence in a chief uniform? Uh, be a nice fit right, right beside Christian Jones, who would be a uh, probably playing a three-technique defensive tackle in a 4-3. Doesn't make a lot of sense. It brings us to Baltimore 22. You are on. You are up. What do you, and again, new redeem with the Ravens. No Ozzy. What do you like here? Uh, this is where I had DK Metcalf. I had them trading up, but uh, DK Metcalf. I think they need somebody with a deep speed and a good catch radius for Lamar Jackson. Uh, somebody who can uh, some of those off off balls. He can. Uh, make catch with those long limbs and uh, make some mistakes, right? I think this really comes down to a wide receiver or actually here, I mean, I've had a wide receiver a lot, but here I actually have, you know, getting someone, you always have a, a middle linebacking presence in Baltimore, mostly walking. So I'm thinking Mac Wilson's a fit here. So we've got Mac Wilson going to Baltimore at 22. All righty. 23, Houston, you're on the clock. Uh, I went with Andre Dillon, offensive tackle, Washington State. I think he's the best offensive lineman left at this point. And I think he's a starter from day one. They really have to do something to protect the quarterback, or he's going to be sitting out another year for a while. And I like that so much that that's exactly what who I've got at 23. So, cha we agree there. 24. Oakland. Well, that's, I have that trade. Yeah, and I have them grabbing uh, San Francisco, grabbing Byron Murphy, because he can play both outside or in the slot, and he's a real ball hawk. And I think that's something that the 49ers could use. Absolutely. And I've got Oakland if they stay put. This is where I had uh, Noah Font. Uh, you know, Lot went to the. Uh, Tight end position last year. Jared Cook led the team in, in catches. So uh, I think Font here. The Eagles you had moving up. So who did you have at 25? I believe you had, uh, was it Tennessee you had them trading with? Yep, and that was where Irv Smith Jr. went. All right, the Eagles stay put. There's a couple of positions, but another player that they seem to be kind of high on here that 
I'm not quite sure he's first rounder, but top of the second round, he's really getting a lot of looks too, though. Chris, Lind Chris Lindstrom out of uh, Boston College, part of, part of the reason being they did just sign uh, Isaac Samalu back again, and there's a, there's a feeling here that Samalu could be the long-term solution to Jason Kelsey. I think this is possibly the last year we see Kelsey with the Eagles. So Lidstrom maybe, maybe being that, that guy they kind of groomed to play inside and Samalu ultimately being a center. Yeah, that makes sense. And also, just so you know, Lindstrom, uh, Dante Stanetti from the Patriots, who's been coaching since, uh, well, the inception of the NFL, it seems like, uh, worked out worked out Lindstrom at uh, center and had him pulling, doing long poles and zone poles and a little bit of everything in the workout on pro day. So he's uh, going to try and make him a versatile three-position player. Makes sense. Well, this is where I had Byron Murphy ultimately with, with Indianapolis, but I'll turn it over to you. Do you have Indy staying put? Yep, I had Indy staying put, and this is where I had Brian Burns coming off the board. Uh, I think they only got one more year of um, Jabal Sheard. This is a guy that they could uh, encourage to get better against the run game and uh, rush the passer on sub-package downs as a rookie. Good call. Oakland at 27. I think they still have this pick in your in your mock. I think this was unfazed from your trade, correct? That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Making a pick here. And uh, I got them picking DeAndre Baker. Oh, wow. Well, this is where I had Josh Jacobs. I think the heir apparent to beast mode, uh, if he's still on the board. So uh, him going at 27. Good call. Good 20, call. 28, the Chargers, AFC team. What do you got? I got Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle, Notre Dame. And in the similar case we were talking about with Denver earlier, big space eater to uh, help those outside pass rushers uh, get some single teams and some opportunity to eat. All right, and this is ultimately where I had Dexter Lawrence, the yo-yo going up and down, have him eating a lot of space in there for, for the Chargers, bringing up some of that outside uh, pass rushing prowess that they have uh, in L.A. 29, Kansas City, you're, all, you're up again. All right, this is where I had Seattle down to. And a guy I don't have off the board, you've had off the board a little while, and there's been some red flags reported today, too. And he's just not a player who I feel has a true position or a true scheme fit, and I think Pete Carroll would get the most out of him kind of like he did a Bruce Irvin who was, you know, maybe a defensive end, maybe an outside linebacker, but we'll find a way to use him. And that's Rashawn Gary. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I had, had him. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot coming back on medicals on him too. That's been the report the last couple of days that he's been reflect and taken off a couple of boards. Well, it's really interesting. Maybe it's something with those uh, defensive linemen in, in Michigan. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Well, Green Bay at 30, I had them staying put. I had them with the tight end. 
this is where a Greg Little falling, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi. There's some people thinking he's not going to be going going to the second or third round. I I don't think he is the most upside, but to me, he's a pro-ready guy. Uh, I think Green Bay is happy to have him at 30. A lot going on there with Balaga and Bakhtiari. There's been some injury problems probably the last year that both of them are in Green Bay. So I think that this is twofold. Uh, there's been injury history, and after this season, I think they're only going to be able to keep one of those play- players. So it's kind of a long-term uh, next in line is getting Greg Little. No, that's a that's a good selection there, the kind of grooming for the future. Uh, Green Bay, I had taken Nasir Adderley. I think they need a safety after trading Clinton Dix and never really replacing him. Absolutely. And he can play slot corner too, so he's a good chess piece to have. And returns kicks, is which is something that uh, we saw probably killed their season last year with the time Montgomery fumble probably ruined their whole season. Well, the next two players, our Super Bowl teams, the Rams and the Patriots, both the players I've slotted here, I know that you've had off the board already. I have DeAndre Baker at 31 going to the Rams, and I have Tillery going to New England at 32. So interested to hear who you've got in these last two slots. All right, for the Rams, I got Jamon Jones out of Ohio State. Some athleticism to add next to Donald to get to the quarterback. In uh, 32, uh, the Detroit Lions from their trade with New England, and I had Rocky Sin, who can play inside or out, press coverage, and does have that ability to blitz off the corner, which uh, occasionally while here Matt Patricia would like to do. I got you. So, in our scenarios, obviously teams will be trying to move around. Any teams that you feel likely, if anyone's going to trade and get back into the first round, teams that you have a feeling about or maybe teams that just have the ammunition to kind of make a gusto call and and get that one player? Well, if the Raiders – do that trade early on with four and 24. I could see 35 and something else being packaged up to one of the last two picks to get a player brought in, uh, depending on what they do drafts, of course, but uh, no, maybe some more line help or uh, second level help uh, for the Raiders. The Raiders, I, I don't know. I just think they're going to be all over the place. I think Washington is a good bet here, especially if nothing for Rosen comes through. Then they're a team that I think potentially reaches. There always seems to be quarterback chatter at the end of round one. Then maybe they're that team. Uh, I think the possibility that with all the splash and kind of the pizzazz that's kind of surrounding them in their four primetime games now, the Browns getting back into round one. Uh, I think you could see them trading two, three picks here maybe with just one big splash player again. It just seems to fit kind of the mold and everything that's – I mean, suddenly they went from a, a winless team and the butt of all the jokes to the team that everyone wants to like going into this season. It's just amazing what one year can do. Yeah, no, that's true. And a guy we haven't mentioned yet who could be there at 32, they might trade a few spots up, who would fit a need, is Jeffrey Simmons. And they could get him back maybe by week eight. 
and plug him inside and really have a formidable pass rush. It's amazing you put him because at 49, if they stayed put, that is exactly where I have Simmons. <laughs> so we're, we're really hurt? kind of thinking the same there. Um, another player that – any other players that you think could possibly sneak into the first round that maybe you're pushing up? I'm going to mention one player here that I think the offensive tackles, the class is good. It's not great. There's still some jockeying. To me, there's a lot of teams. I'm hearing a lot about Caleb McGarry that maybe he slips into the end of round one. He just seems to be higher. Uh, I wouldn't say that he's the top pick on anybody's board, but kind of that two, three, four. I'm hearing more and more that uh, McGarry's kind of making his way up the ranks, and he's a guy that could slip into the end of round one. Yes, no, he's a possibility, and he's a true right tackle. So a team looking for a right tackle, like kind of like Juwan Taylor. I don't see him playing left tackle unless it's break glass in case of emergency type situation. Also, I think the size of Hakeem Butler is going to have a lot of people talking. He's tested very well. He hasn't really knocked it out of the charts, kind of the, the woe factor we had with that DK Metcalf combine. But Butler has kind of checked all the boxes. He hasn't really misstepped per, per se. And I think that size, if, if someone – takes a flyer on a wide receiver just with that size. And, again, not blazing speed, but he's not slow. Um, I think that Hakeem Butler could be that surprise pick. Indianapolis at 26, that seems to be kind of a kind of a thought there as well. But uh, if I were to put my money on one other player, I think it'd sneak in there would be Hakeem Butler. And I'll go with the wide receiver that we haven't mentioned either, and Kale Harris. Uh, I just think he's a go-getter. I think that's an Anquan Bolton, Alshon Jeffrey type player. He's my favorite wide receiver in this entire class. Yeah, no, and I I can agree with you on that. He he reminds me of of a mixture of those two guys. Players that you think that maybe we once thought highly of that are probably going to slip out around one or just on the way down. Uh, Maybe the first person for me that comes to mind Zach Allen, good player, but another one of those guys, where does he really fit? He's not really wowed people enough. I think that he's just kind of – we all thought that he was going to be somewhere in that, like, 16 to 32 range, and I think now he's probably middle of round two, maybe even a little bit lower. He's just not really wowing anyone, and I think the other one for me is Deontay Thompson. I just think there are just too many red flags on tape, just too many big plays that he's giving up, and – I don't think everyone's just buying in, oh, this is an Alabama guy. He's going to be okay. Uh, I think that there's, uh, there's, there's definitely a tumble there. And I think as far as maybe four to six weeks ago, everyone thought he'd be the first safety off the board. He could be about the fourth or fifth at this point. Yeah, no. There's, there's guys who have jumped up, definitely jumped up ahead of him. Uh, a guy who we didn't mention jumping into the first round, who I've heard a lot, um, about because of his measurables and his pedigree is uh, Christian Miller, outside linebacker with Alabama, uh, with those 35-and-a-half-inch arms and just a playmaker that he's kind of uh, slid up the boards, too. There's teams that have him ranked with a first-round grade. I got you. Any, anyone that you really think, again, to you is really sliding? 
sliding. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's going to be the quarterbacks. I think it's Jones and Locke. I think as time goes by, I think we're going to see that teams are going to go with best player available and not take a shot on a quarterback who may not be a franchise guy. When you have next year's class to be able to uh, to fill that void, uh, if you can find a one-year stopgap to help you. All right, so last question before we sign off. I'm going to maybe one guy in the second and third round that has star potential and maybe one late-round pick that you think is really going to hit. So I'm going to go with a couple people here. First, we mentioned Akil Harry, but the other wide receiver, to me, the top two wide receivers are really not mentioned a lot uh, as first-round picks. I love Debo Samuel. He's just got to stay on the field. Mm. But to me, I uh, – I've just got a feeling about this guy. I really, really like Debo Samuel. Think that he's got all the makeup. And if I would say a late round flyer, a guy that beginning of the season, no one would even get a sniff on the draft board, had such a great, great year at the uh, the FCS level, was just one of the best playmakers on tape. Kind of uh, is he uh, outside linebacker? Some people looking at maybe he's even a strong safety, losing a little weight. Sterling Sheffield out of the University of Maine. Wow, that guy just just inst- just instincts. He just seems to have those qualities that you just can't coach. He just always seems to know where a play is going, taking the right pursuit angles. I think sometimes before the, even the guy with the ball or who's getting it knows. He, sometimes you can just look at someone, and I, I know you you've done this before as well, and you just get a feeling like this is a guy who – in the right system is really just going to be a star. I've just got such a great feeling about Sheffield and his instincts coming out of Maine. I really think that this is a guy that's going to make an impact early on. So if I were to ask you the same question, kind of a mid-round, second, third, maybe even fourth-round guy, then maybe that undrafted free agent or sixth, seventh rounder that you think has a chance to really stand out. Well, for, uh, I got two for that mid-round Type who I think are going to have a good career. David Sills, wide receiver out of West Virginia. I just think good size, good athleticism. He reels in bad balls. He's kind of got that contortion thing where he moves his body around and somehow gets his feet inbounds. And the other guy is Sutton Smith. And I think he's going to have to make the move from an edge player to an off-the-ball linebacker. But his measurables are there, and he's got good football instincts, and he's a playmaker. Northern Illinois in the house. How about the yes, late round? What are you feeling? I'm keeping an eye on uh, Penny Hart from Georgia State, wide receiver. Good call. Good call. And uh, Tony Pollard from Memphis, uh, Tariq Cohen type player, where he can run it back, wide receiver, and kick return. Uh, seven returns for touchdowns in his college career. So he's a guy to watch, too. I can't really uh, say anything bad about any of those picks. Well, I think it's the last time we're talking uh, before the draft actually starts. But I think uh, leading up to that, obviously, we'll be in communique and maybe uh, figuring out what's going on or something on the site during the draft. But I want to thank yep. you once again, all the everyone. Just check out all the all the stuff that Buddy has been putting on the site, all the hard work he's been putting in. An absolute pleasure. So uh, signing off for 
uh, for Buddy as well. Another great draft. And then, uh, you know, look, we've already got uh, 2020, two rounds deep. It's already on the site. But just because the draft is over doesn't mean we go to sleep like a lot of other sites. We'll be hard at work looking at how these players are going to fill in. Uh, some of the undrafted players that are going to be uh, going to teams. And, uh, you know, what's next? So I just want to say thank you very much, everyone. We'll, we'll catch you uh, at the draft. Have a great night, everyone.